You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Amen. Amen and amen. Mark and musicians, technicians, thank you so much. I'm, I'm sure where you are, you'd like to join me in thanking those who've not only made the, the move back into our building for this Sunday, but also those that have carried us over the last 17 weeks. Can you believe it's 18 weeks today since we first went online? And to all those who've contributed so many hours behind the scenes to bring something meaningful into our homes. I want to say a big thank you to all of you who give so much and serve. Well, right now we're going to turn to the Word. I'm going to invite you, if you've got your Bible or device, to turn to the book of Philippians. I've got to be honest, as I head into this, that I've wrestled over this particular Word. What happened about three weeks ago, I knew I was going to be preaching today, and I just gently started to pray and seek the Lord, and, and this verse came into my spirit, and I'll be honest, I, I, I didn't really want to preach it, and so I tried to push it aside, and, 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 it, and it came back, and I, I pushed it away, and, and, and it kept coming back. And I, the thing is, I know how many of you are going through a challenging season, and, and I'm aware of that pastorally, and I really wanted to bring something into that. And I was like, Lord, let, let me bring a word of encouragement. Let me, let me bring... The word, there's a fourth man in the fire and remind people that you are with them in the midst of the trial. But it just felt like the Lord wasn't on that word for today. And I said, Lord, let me bring a word of faith. Let me preach. But God, that God can make a way where there is no way and to raise faith. But it, it just felt like the Holy Spirit wasn't on that word for today. I said, Lord, let me bring a word of comfort. Let me bring a word, consider the lilies. Let me take people to Matthew's gospel and, and encourage them not to worry or be fearful because you've got us and you care. But this other verse kept coming into view. So I don't know if you've ever done this. I, I tried to help the Lord out and I, I thought maybe he's been a bit busy. Maybe he's been distracted. And so I explained to him what's going on right now. It won't surprise you. It didn't make any difference. And so I bring you this word today, having prayed this through and I Trust this will be the word of the Lord. And so in Philippians chapter 4, we get to verse 4, and it's simply this verse. Many of you will know it. And it's this, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. I wonder if we can speak that out together where we are. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, Rejoice. Together one more time. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Maybe like me, this doesn't make your spirit leap yet, but bear with me because I believe the Lord has impressed this word on my heart for us as a church, not because of what he needs, but because he knows what we need. We understand that these words were written to the church in Philippi by the Apostle Paul and it strikes me how powerful it is that he's writing these words at this time. If you go to the, the church, uh, the, the book uh, to the church in Corinth, 2 Corinthians, and you will see this church in Philippi is mentioned, the churches in Macedonia, and it's referenced. And we're told that the church in Philippi was going through an extreme trial, that it was experiencing extreme poverty. 
We, we understand that in the, midst, uh, in the midst of extreme trial and extreme poverty, that the hallmark of the church was overflowing joy and rich generosity. We also understand that Paul wasn't writing these words from, from somebody's holiday hideout or a, a friend's villa or even his pastor's office. He's writing these words from prison. He's contemplating his own potential execution. And neither the giver nor the receiver of these words is in a time or a season of comfort, but a time and a season of challenge. But I believe inspired by the Holy Spirit, if we understand scripture, inspired by the Spirit of God himself, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And I'd like us to consider three things. Number one, there is a wall to break down. There's a wall to break down. And I'm not talking about the wall that comes down through the power of praise. Now hear me right, I, I believe that praise is a weapon. I believe that praise should be in our arsenal and it can bring down the walls. There is a shout that brings the walls down. If we look at Jericho, we see that God will rout his enemies by the power of praise on the lips of his people. Just go to 2 Chronicles 20. You can see that there is praise that opens the prison doors and loosens the chains. Just go to Acts 16, but I'm not talking about that wall. Do you notice a strange emphasis here? I will say it again. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Why does the Holy Spirit inspire Paul to say that? In fact, it's not even the first time at the start of chapter 3 of Philippians, Paul has already said rejoice in the Lord and now he comes to it a second time and yet at the end of the second time rejoice in the Lord always. He says it a third time. Rejoice. And as I've prayed over this word, it's actually this bit, I say it again, that has been shouting to me the loudest. Because I think unwittingly too many of us can respond to a word like this and subconsciously there's a bit of a wall goes up. And our response may be something like, oh yes, very good, yes, rejoice in the Lord. Yes, I, I, I know that, thank, thank you for that. Yes, I, oh, I remember that verse, I I did that verse at Sunday school. Oh, yes, I've sung that song. Oh, yes, we've even got it uh, in our kitchen framed, that, that particular verse, rejoice in the Lord. Very good, very good, thank you. And actually, we miss there is a call to action. We can glaze over. There's this wall that goes, yes, rejoice in the Lord. A wall of pride, a wall maybe of arrogance, a wall of apathy, or maybe just a wall of carnal resistance that I don't actually want to do it. I don't really feel much like doing it. And of course, none of us would say, oh no, Lord, I won't. But we may as well as say we won't if the net result is that we don't. And so he says it again, rejoice, to get our attention. For, for those of you that may be on a different device right now, checking social media, hello, yes, yes, you, yes, look up, look up, rejoice in the Lord. I say it again to you, Rejoice. I believe he says it because we need it. Jesus himself has said it's not hearing his words that will protect us when the storms come. It's not hearing his words that will change us and keep us safe. It's putting them into practice. And I invite you to lower down any wall that would just glaze over and say, I have something to receive from this word today. I have a call to action to which I need to respond, Lord, I must be receptive to your word and this injunction, even though I know it as willingly as when I first believed. We need to break down 
this wall of response. But secondly, there is a decision then to be made. Do you notice that Paul is very specific about when this word needs to apply? Uh, it's not when things are going well. Uh, it's not when things are going badly. It's not at some particular time or even most of the time. It is always. It's always. If you've got a neighbor with you, someone else in the room, why don't you turn to them? If it's just you, speak it out loud and say, always includes now. Always includes now. Always means at all times. I think it's easier, isn't it, to rejoice in the Lord when everything's going well, when the sun is shining and the news has come through of a promotion at work. It's easy to rejoice in the Lord. Isn't God good? The greatest power in our rejoicing can be when it's hardest to raise a hallelujah. David in Psalm 34 says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my lips. And in most Bibles, we see the note that accompanies Psalm 34 that says David didn't write this when he was installed as king of Israel. He wrote this when he had to feign insanity to save his own life. When he was on the run, he had nothing materially. The promise of God looked like the, the most... The, unlikely to be fulfilled at any time in his life right then. And yet in the darkest of moments, in the most desperate of times, he says, I will extol the Lord at all times. He found power in praise. My friends, if we break down our wall of resistance and we're open to this exhortation that this might actually apply to us and be asking us to do something, not to nod and to say yes, but to actually do something, then there's a decision to be made. It won't be lost on some of you who know your Bibles that Paul is writing to the Philippians, the church in Philippi, what happened? When was the church in Philippi birthed? It was when Paul and his team traveled over to Macedonia. And in the opening days of them arriving, Paul and one of his companions, Silas, are thrown into prison. The Bible says that they were severely flogged, that they were beaten with rods, that their feet were placed in stocks. They were secured in the inner cell where there was no daylight. And about the midnight hour, Paul and Silas were praying, the Bible tells us in Acts 16, and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners, the Bible tells us, were all listening. And as they rejoiced in the Lord always, the doors flew open and the, the, the chains came loose. And he has authority to write this because they knew, that church knew more than any church would know, that Paul was someone who practiced what he preached. He learned the power of rejoicing at all times. I know it's hard when there's no congregation. I, I know it's not easy. I, I know even now in a few moments we can turn up the sound and the volume and it's, it's better than nothing. But tomorrow morning there might be no keyboard. There might be no conducive atmosphere. There might be nobody there to encourage you or stand with you. There might be nobody there to provoke you. That you might be self-conscious because there are other people in the house or even neighbors. Let me tell you, there are none of those circumstances which didn't apply to Paul and Silas in their prison cell. Everyone was listening in on them and there's no keyboard and it's dark and they're beaten. And yet they understood the power of rejoicing in the Lord. A few weeks ago in, in my living room, I started to lift up my voice and rejoice 
in God and proclaim his goodness and declare his majesty and give thanks for his kindness and speak out who he was. And, and as I began to praise, the presence of God filled my living room. The presence of God that I would have liked to trigger my response came in as I made a response. Sometimes we can feel like we have to make the first move, but church, let me remind us today, ours is never the first move. The Lord has already made the first move. Any move that we make is only a response to his goodness already. But as we move towards him, he moves towards us. There's a wall to break down. There's a decision to be made. And thirdly, there is a sound to be raised. There's a sound to be raised. I suppose you, you can rejoice in the Lord with inner joy, but the wider injunction of Scripture is to sing to the Lord, is to shout to God with a voice of triumph, is to lift up your voice. Deep joy is not something that's so deep and buried. No one can ever see it. It's a joy that wells up and springs up. This injunction to the church in Philippi and the injunction to us today is a call to action, to declare the goodness of God, to, to call something out, to proclaim something, to speak it out, to sing it out. I know you know this, but the message today really is knowing is not doing and it's the doing that will change us. And Isaiah 61, we're told the the gospel of God, which we see fulfilled in Jesus. He bestows on us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, a spirit of heaviness. And some of us, we, we can find in these days there can be a spirit of heaviness will try to come on us. There can be some dust that the enemy would want to pour upon us. He will want to fill up our well. But our praise, our rejoicing in the Lord can lift us, us out we have to put our praise on. We have to be active. If we want that exchange from a spirit of despair or heaviness, we have to put our praise on. You know, the truth is most of us, actually, if we stop and count our blessings, they are too numerous for us. Some of us, we can be racked with and overrun with worry. But if we just pause and realize the promise of God and the goodness of God, we realize, like Mark Twain said, I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happened. But you know, the Lord's word doesn't come to condemn, but to lift us up. But the injunction isn't even to count our blessings. It's not to rejoice in our circumstances. It's to rejoice in the Lord. To rejoice in the Lord. This is the sound that we are called to raise, to rejoice in the Lord. The Bible tells us we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. The Greek word for rejoice here is Cairo. And, and in Vine's Expository Dictionary, it, it tells us all the times where, where in the Bible it says that people rejoice, they, where they chiroed. And it says that they, they chiroed at the incarnation, the Lord's coming. They, they chiroed because of his power. They chiroed because of his presence. They rejoiced in his presence. They chiroed because of his triumph, because of his gospel, because of his salvation. These were the things that caused rejoicing in the people of God. They rejoiced, they chiroed in our enrollment in heaven, in our freedom in Christ, in our hope in Christ, in our prospect of renewal in Christ and in the manifestation of his grace. And if you think about all of those things that we can rejoice in, none of them relate to our circumstances. They relate to the goodness of God. When everything changes, 
He doesn't. His love is secure. His grace is sufficient. His presence is permanent. His power is here. His goodness pursues you. His favor lasts a lifetime. His mercies are new every morning. His faithfulness endures and his loving kindness never fails. And he's for you. He's for you. He's for you. And if he's for you, who can be against you? And he's with you. And he promises that he's with you even to the very end of the age. So I say it again, rejoice. And as we bring this message to a close, I'm literally going to ask you where you are to stand up. I'm going to invite you to, to stand with me, to turn up the volume on your device or your TV or what, however you're engaging with this service and to stand up and to activate praise, to rejoice in the Lord, to do something. This is a call to action. And I say it again, rejoice, because something will happen in you. This is the word of the Lord, not for him, it's for you to rejoice in him always. And I say it again, to rejoice, to speak it out. You know, some of us in this season, it has taken its toll on us and we have become quiet. We have become too passive. We went into lockdown as worshippers and warriors and four months on, we've become watchers. And I want to challenge you, man of God, woman of God, young man, young woman, older man, older woman, it is time to lift up your voice in praise. As part of Open Heaven, I, I went socially distanced with a couple of other ministers and we prayer walked the ring road and we started crying out over Coventry. And at one point I was stirred in my spirit and I started to shout, Jesus! And I raised a shout over our city and I realized it had been many weeks since I released a shout. Why does it, it matter? Because the shout is a weapon in my arsenal and it's time to get it out again. It's time to rejoice in God. It's time to lift up my voice. It's time to not be beaten down. It's time to shake off my dust and rejoice in the Lord. And so I invite you, I ask you, I provoke you if I can to begin to lift up your voice with me before the band leaders in a final song and rejoice in the Lord. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. We declare and speak out your goodness and your grace and your love and your kindness. And we proclaim that you do not change. You are Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. We declare that you've got us, that you see and you see to it, that you are watching over us, that you know the plans you have for us. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you, your mercies are new every morning and we bless you and we honor you. We rejoice in you. Thank you that your love never fails, that your grace is amazing and we enter into your goodness. And I pray as we rejoice in you, would you fill our homes with your presence? Would you stir our hearts? Would you release us from any heaviness and cause us to enter into the fullness of all you have for us? We pray as we do this, you would rout our enemies and silence our foes. We thank you for the power of praise and help us, we pray, to rejoice in you always and to remind ourselves again, rejoice.